0: Who looks outside dreams? Who looks inside? Awaken, awaken, awakens. You are listening to Oracle Unfiltered with your host and Oracle, Natalie Granja. Money, business, marriage. Sex, drugs, family, friendship, aliens, God, culture, matrix, life, unfiltered. You are listening to Oracle Unfiltered. Beautiful friends, today we are going to be talking about three mindset shifts to work less and earn more as a spiritual entrepreneur. And before I even get into that, let's talk about why that's really important. If you are a spiritual entrepreneur, meaning you are a service provider that offers um, some sort of insight that requires mind, body, intuition, um, that is oftentimes going into the unseen world. You have to prioritize your energy, right? You have to prioritize your vehicle. And if what you're doing is burning yourself out from this old paradigm way of running an intuitive business, which is the reader archetype right i'm i'm being paid to just read people back to back which again reading in itself nothing nothing is wrong with that but you're you're only going to grow so much as an entrepreneur and as a business if you are solely seeing yourself as a reader instead of a transformationalist right so the difference there is someone is hiring you to help them with your insight reading being one of them right and you do it over a period of time you're helping someone transform and alchemize versus you're coming for a bar trick reading oh cool i want to have my astrology oh okay someone told me that was what i'm supposed to look up oh, okay fine done and it ends there right? So not only as a business is that not good, right? That's not good for business and that people are only coming to you for that one reading and then they're not coming back even if they've loved it, right? I've had clients have said to me, you know, people will say this is the best reading i have ever had. This is amazing. This is incredible, but I'll never see them again. And it's because they don't see you and your business as a transformational business. They see it as a one and done business. So it's really difficult to create a sustainable business from that place right now going back to why it's really important for you to be making money and being wealthy right i mean if you're listening to this i probably don't have to convince you like you have your own desire for whatever that is right but i do want to put this out there that um being able to afford organic food and travel and rest and supplements and body work and um, being able to, you know, take time off whenever you'd like and have time to go to therapy or your own um, spiritualist that will help you, you know, you heal your own body, right? Um, why this is really important is because if we are the vessel and we are being paid for our insight, Your standard of living has to be higher, right? Your standard of living gets to be luxury. And I'd I'd say it's required in order to be able to be the best channel possible and i'm saying that from personal experience i'm saying that from client experience i'm saying that because that is our birthright right if you're coming if you're coming with a story saying oh my gosh you don't have to have a luxurious life in order to do well i'd i'd really love for you to question why not and who told you that the bare minimum is okay where did you see that what model did you follow which parent um modeled that for you that you can get by with just the bare minimum well guess what why should you have to anyway let's continue so have you ever felt like you want to make more money in your business and You have to then put in way more hours than you're able to or than you want to. um, But you feel like in order to make more money, you've got to put in a whole lot more hours, right? So if you're still running your business from a place of hustle and overwhelm because you think that's the key to success, then this episode is definitely for you. So let's set the stage. I want to share that one really famous quote by Nikola Tesla that I'm sure you've already heard. Um, If you wish to understand the universe, think of energy, frequency, and vibration. These are the three factors you have self-governance over right? every single day in your life and business. That's why I like to refer to this as energy mastery. So becoming proficient in your own energy mastery is the key to making more money without feeling overwhelmed, uninspired, or burnt out. And while I like to think I've gotten pretty good at energy mastery over the past few years, it hasn't always been that way. I used to completely ignore my own energy mastery, which really, by the way, is you ignoring your body, right? And if, you, if, you're, if you're new here, <laughs> I believe there is an agenda to disconnect us from our body because our body is the vehicle to divination. Imagine being in a world where everyone is connected to their body, where everyone is plugged into their channel, where everyone is living in this higher vibrational state of God consciousness. It'd be very hard to manipulate us, right? So I digress. It's very common for people to be disconnected from their body and therefore their energy mastery. So just to show you how much has changed, I want to share with you what a typical day in my business would have looked like even just four or five years ago. You would find me hopping on calls with back-to-back clients, leaving no white space in my day. I was scrambling to post on Instagram at the perfect time to quote-unquote beat the algorithm, I was coddling my clients and feeling like I needed to hold their hand every step of the way to justify my prices. Ooh, I'm going to say that again because you probably need to hear it. I was coddling my clients and feeling like I needed to hold their hand every step of the way to justify my prices. I was also feeling like I needed more online clients while simultaneously feeling overwhelmed with the clients that I already had. So I want to just break this down a little bit more. When it comes to coddling clients in order to justify prices, I think most of you can probably relate to that of like, well, if they're paying me this, then I need to be the savior i need to be one who figures it out and not only are you is that coming from a place of disempowerment right not only are you in the drama triangle of trying to be the savior um, which then perpetuates whatever story that your client is in which doesn't help them heal at all <laughs> then you know it's not beneficial for anybody right um the most important thing about transformation and healing is the space that we get to hold, right? The space that we're holding for the client to heal themselves. And if we are coming from a place of proving and saving, we're actually only receiving limited amount of information, right? If we want to speak psychically intuitively, we can only perceive so much information when there is A complete distrust in the process, aka if you are trying to save and prove to your client in order to justify your prices, you are not trusting God's timing. You are not trusting the divinity. You are not trusting the soul contract that brought you guys here together. You are not trusting that the universe has a way to illuminate and show and share and heal You're trying to do everything by your own will. And that is not ever going to get the results that you are promising or that you want your clients to have. So I was caught in a really vicious cycle of more and more and more. I felt by simply adding on more clients or by having a packed schedule, I'd somehow made it and would finally be considered a real entrepreneur. So I equated busyness with success. The baseline energy was stress and I was caught in a cycle of stress and perfectionism. The perfectionism would lead to stress and the stress would lead to perfectionism and so on and so on. Now let's contrast this with what my days look like today. I get to sleep in as long as I want. I enjoy my long, luxurious mornings to myself. I get to make art and express my creativity. That is the way that I look at my marketing. That is the way I look at my content and my work for the world is art. Um, my family comes over to visit or I travel whenever I'd like. I'm a digital nomad. My my husband and I are digital nomads. So, you know, whether we are in, you know, Latin America or we are in Europe or we are um, traveling through the States, whatever it might be, I get to choose what my day looks like. I get to spend my days however I choose. I get to follow my highest excitement and all moments. And if you're thinking that sounds great, but how does that work? How do you get to work less and do all these things uh, by and still make more money? Well, here's the thing: by giving myself the time, freedom to truly, deeply nurture myself, it allows my channel to be the clearest it's ever been. My intuition is spot on, and when my intuition is precise, it leads me into the highest level of abundance. Fulfillment and service to others. There were three big mindset shifts that I had to make um, in order for all of this to happen. So let's dive into what I changed to start making more money while working fewer hours than ever. Number one. Learn how you work best. This step is so key to creating more ease in your life. You can look up your gene keys, your human design, your astrology, but ultimately it's up to you to learn how you're going to thrive in life, right? It's up to you to integrate and implement all these things for you to thrive. So this comes down to many factors, how you recharge, right? And my work growing through, uh, going through this space, I realized that something super key for me is that I need my alone time. I need my alone time, especially as a projector. Like I need to disconnect from everyone's sacral and just ground completely by myself. So given the fact that I'm a sensitive being, um, I rest and recover best when I'm alone. Right. So my work goes deep with my clients. I think that That's really important to know as well. It's like, I'm not just decorating cakes. I'm helping my clients go into their shadow, um, uncovering trauma, going through past life cycles, ancestral chains, and helping them create visibility and make money um, as a byproduct of that healing. So it's really deep work. And I can absorb the energy Um, that i am experiencing right it's i'm human so my solitude is necessary for knowing where someone else's energy stops and where mine begins and then another factor to consider is your energetic capacity so because my work with my one-to-one clients is so intensive i've learned over the years that my energetic capacity for clients is actually lower so I'd much rather have a small handful of clients that I get to serve intimately rather than a large number of clients, which would most likely leave me feeling depleted. That's just me and my business, right? You have to see what works for you. Um, I've said goodbye to -to back-to-back calls. I now have a smaller, intimate client base at premium prices, right? So this is also because I've built up my skills an experience to the level where I'm able to charge that premium bracket. Um, there's a lot of proof in the pudding. There's a lot of evidence to show, um, you know, the prices that I have because people make return on investments all the time. So the way I like to think of it is the difference between craft cocktail bars and volume bars. And if you're my client, you've probably heard me say this before. Um, so I used to work at I used to work in many bars because I used to bartend and cocktail waitress and I managed a bar um, uh, as I was growing my business. So volume bars make their money from serving a high volume of patrons. Uh, you have hundreds of people coming in throughout the night and you're serving drink after drink after drink, pouring beers and mixing vodka sodas. So beer, vodka soda, beer, vodka soda, super simple, high volume bar shots, you know, whatever is just. Super simple, right? Then a craft cocktail bar, on the other hand, is a totally different experience. You might only go for one or two drinks, but you're going for the premium spirits, the way the bartender crafts your drink with precision, the botanicals and the luxurious ingredients, the vegetables or the fruit or the smoke or the fire or the dry ice or whatever it might be, right? And sometimes those cocktails can take up to like 10 to 15 minutes to create versus pouring a shot or a vodka soda, right? Um, One is not above the other, by the way. I'm just wanting to differentiate the difference. So I run my business like a craft cocktail bar. This is not to put down others' Who choose more of that volume so basically people who want to read client after client after client and maybe they have like 50 sessions for the month and they're making good money but it's not sustainable and they're not happy so both have their pros and cons right you just need to figure out what feels correct for you and then what is your ideal schedule I've experimented with so many different types of schedules in my business. I've tried taking clients first thing in the morning, then the afternoons, and lots of evening calls, especially because I have a lot of clients who are in Bali or Australia. Um, So I soon realized that I was in my prime when I did very early morning. Um, This is when my channel is the clearest. Now, This has also changed throughout time and we are cyclical beings, right? So, um, I, doesn't mean I don't take calls in the afternoon or the occasional call in the evening to accommodate my clients. But if I have a client in Australia, I'd much rather take a morning call than an evening call personally. So everyone is going to be different. And what's important is that you take the time to think about when you're at your best and really experiment. When do you have the most energy and feel the sharpest? This doesn't just apply to the time of day, but also your weekly schedule. So, um, I don't take calls Monday through Friday. I only take call- client calls Tuesdays and Thursdays period. Right. So that way I'm sleeping in as long as I'd like the other days. And by the way, sleeping in for me is like eight, <laughs> eight thirty. 30, but that's still really great. Sometimes nine, um, That's still like really awesome that I don't have to wake up, you know, when the rest of the world's waking up just because I have a job. So, um, it just depends. Anyway, um, some of us like to front load our week and get lots done on Monday through Wednesday, while others might need a bit of a slower start and ease into their week, um, and even work some weekends, right? So find what works for you. Um, you can even consider these principles when thinking about your monthly schedule. So think about your cycle, uh, about which weeks in the month you have the most energy and which you are the most creative. For me, I create a custom hypnosis and affirmation plan for my clients, which usually takes about 10 to 14 days. Um, So I realize I don't want to be forcing my creativity uh, every single day of the month. So Um, for my one-to-one clients, they receive custom hypnotic tracks every single month. And the custom hypnotic tracks are really custom hypnotic journeys because, uh, it's the blend of the energetic and the shamanism mixed in with the reprogramming of the hypnosis. So, um, Let's say we'll connect on like the first of the month. I'll get the information that I need in order to make this month, this month's track. And yeah, it'll take me about like 10 days or so to get back to them with a the track. Sometimes a little bit less, sometimes a little bit longer. But the point is I will um, schedule myself to make hypnotic journeys, make hypnotic tracks all in the same period. Because if I was scattering it, Um, or what's the word, not scattering, but um, staggering it throughout the month like I used to, I would basically always have to be in creation mode. It was like every single week I had a new hypnotic track and every single week I had to be in creation and editing and doing this when my energy doesn't necessarily have all that output. So I found out what works best for me and I scheduled all my, hypno- my my hypnosis tracks to be um, having their consults during a certain period of the month so that I have to create them during another period of the month. Does that make sense? So, um... Now I'll only take my breakthrough clients first week of the month. From there, I go into creation mode and get to work with my client plans. So um, this allows me to have a container for my weeks and make the most of when I'm feeling creative and inspired. Remember, you don't always have to be open for business. You don't always have to be on. It's okay to protect your energy and to put yourself and your needs first. So. <clears throat> Regardless of where you are in your most abundant timeline, you have the ability to say no to things. You should at least have the ability to say no and to say no to things that don't excite you, right? So when you say no to what doesn't excite you, you will only make yourself more available to the things that do. Right. Do not say yes to every invitation, to every client, to every opportunity. If it is not energy giving, if it is not satisfying, if it is not filled with recognition, if it feels like a no, then, you know, it's a no. Okay. so let's get to the point number two of the mindset shifts. Number two, break the proving pattern. The proving pattern happens at all levels of business. It doesn't matter if you're getting started with your business or if you're already at multiple seven figures. I have seen the spectrum getting to work with clients who are newer to the online business, to working with my multiple seven figure clients, you know, shadow manifest everywhere patterns manifest everywhere it just manifests a little bit differently so i already touched on this earlier when i was um, showing you what my days look like before i started practicing this energetic mastery i thought that i needed to have a full jam-packed day to consider myself a real entrepreneur whatever that even means Um, this is something that takes some digging to uncover you have to ask yourself why is the proving pattern there in the first place if you want to go deep, you can journal about it. You can ask yourself, what am I afraid of losing if I abandon the proving pattern? A super common example of the proving pattern playing out is that so many women compare themselves to a male counterpart. Maybe they're examples of business owners are their fathers, brothers, or ex-boyfriends, For years, they saw old male paradigm of business play out. Perhaps that meant putting business before self-care, relationships, and wellness. Unknowingly, many women start to operate from this paradigm as well, rather than shifting into feminine leadership. So while the old masculine paradigm praises hustle, putting in long hours and grit, the feminine paradigm recognizes cycles, emotions, and energetics. Now, don't get me wrong. There is certainly a time to put in the work and to put in the long hours, especially if you are new in your business. Like, sorry, you know, I'm not going to tell you to just, um, orgasm your way to your first six figures. That's not me. That's not what you're going to hear here. I'm going to say, put in the work, invest, uh, get yourself a business mentor and really, you know, get into the the, the nuts and bolts of what you need in your business, right? Um, it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't need to take long. While we also have to recognize that we are cyclical, we do have emotions, there are energetics at play, and we need rest, period. So... This is a major way of getting stuck in the proving pattern, because the only template that you've had for what a successful business looks like is to emulate men. And this is why masterminds with other female entrepreneurs are so important why i love or having oracle business schools because we get to see from other women right sometimes we can say oh my gosh it's just me that feels this way or i'm feeling so tired or i'm not good enough and then we see other women that also have these range of emotions or you know have self-doubt or whatever it might be and it's like oh my gosh no like this isn't just a me thing and so we can stop self-identifying with those feelings as much um another thing i want to say here is i'm giving you sort of like this general idea right of where the proving pattern can come from i think societally this can apply to most people as women as men you know men don't get enough uh breaks men don't um don't really grow up in a culture where they're allowed to be so in tune with their emotions or to say i'm tired or to say whatever um And, and women obviously haven't been shown a paradigm of what it gets to look like to have a feminine business. So again, this is general. It could be completely different for you specifically, right? So my parents are immigrants to this country. So I have a built in proving pattern of needing to prove that we are worthy of being here, right? That I'm not just like any other immigrant. I am um, superior in some sense, right? That was a lot of my proving pattern that I had to look at that I was working harder or trying to separate myself from other people, other Latinos, because I wanted to be seen as successful. And I felt that some of the, um, some of the relating with my own culture would somehow make me less successful. So that's specific to me. And I also have lots of other stories of what kind of contributed to the proving pattern, um, if we wanna go even deeper. If you were born to a parent who didn't want to be pregnant, or they were like, for example, a teenager when they were pregnant, or they were in the middle of separating from your dad while they were pregnant, or um, there was you know, other factors, And you were sort of born with... And I'm speaking from experience, by the way. (laughs) Um, You were born with this imprint of feeling unwanted. Well, guess what? The unconscious energy in your body is going to be, I have to prove that I am worthy of being here. So when I say there's a range of where the proving pattern can come from, trust me, it is very nuanced, right? We can talk about societal, we can talk about gender, we can talk about um, personal, we can talk about, you know, so many different facets to where proving pattern comes from. Um, I had to unconsciously, or I, I should say, I had to consciously untrain my mind and my conditioning from going down these cycles, right? Um, I know that I can do whatever honors my energy in this moment, regardless of how someone else feels about it, or if someone else judges me. So um, I didn't always know that, right? So I felt like I always had to prove something. You know, even join- going into entrepreneurship, even going into the world of um, alternative therapy when I was going down a traditional route of saying, oh, I mean, everyone knew I wanted to be a therapist, a psychotherapist, and go down that traditional route. I remember telling my parents, oh, I'll do like all the Reiki and all the energy work stuff. Like once I retire, I'll open up my own like wellness center and do that thing. But that's just not the way that my life worked out, right? So I ended up choosing to do all of the alternative stuff early on and abandon some of the traditional stuff. And I felt like I had to prove to my parents, to other people, especially growing up in D.C. on the East Coast of United States, where it is very heavily um, what is valued is higher education and what is valued is what company you work for and what company your parents work for and how much money you make and it's just super 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 stuck in that paradigm right people will ask you where you work before they ask anything else about you and so being my young self and being like you know going to networking events and people saying like oh yeah where do you work well one I'd be like well I'm an energy worker and um you know uh a hypnotist and you know hypnosis. I think at least back then I don't know what the mainstream population thinks anymore, but um was hypnosis was seen like quackery. I mean I remember even in high school when it was career day and I said I'm going to be a hypnotist because um, I wanted to be a psychotherapist with who focused on hypnosis and I remember. Um, a a psychotherapist came in and I was asking him questions. I was like, well, what do you think about hypnosis? That's what I want to go into. He was like, hypnosis? That's for quacks. I remember it vividly. It was like it punctured my heart. And I was like, oh, okay. But, you know, it didn't deter me. Anyway, point of story is um, I just remember feeling like I always had to prove something because of the energy that I grew up. Uh, the energy that I grew up in, like the area that I was in and all of that. So um, everyone is going to have a different story. It's very nuanced. Um, So if you're trying to prove something, then you're not in the process of following your most abundant timeline. Um, You're not in the process of following your highest excitement. You are in the process of outsourcing your happiness or your pleasure or your uniqueness to fit into a mold of other people's projections. So Number three, connecting as a heart-centered leader. So the third and final piece that has allowed me to increase my revenue while working fewer hours is connecting as a heart-centered as a heart leader. Um, what does it mean to be a heart-centered leader? Well, a heart-centered leader means you're running an intuitive business um, and it means that you're following what your heart is telling you, even if it's not the logical thing to do. It means honoring what your heart is telling you in all moments. Sometimes our heart may lead us to do something that our logical brain is telling us, oh shit, this is going to make us lose money. Or how am I going to survive this? How am I going to make this work? Right? Being a heart-centered leader isn't about knowing all of the small pieces that make up um, the how. It's about the gut feeling, the yes or the no answer. I talk about in other posts um, you know, understanding what your body's sacred yes is and understanding what your body's sacred no is. When you can truly start to honor and run your business from being a heart-centered leader, um, you'll see dramatic differences in what is available to you because making more money does not mean spending more time making the money, right? So for example, like let's say I have back-to-back calls and I am like, you know what? I cannot do this last call. Like I just, I can't, like I just have to reschedule. I'm burnt out. And all I want to go do is go to my backyard and and paint and take out my oils and take out my whatever and just paint. Cool. So in honoring that, you are switching your vibration. Um, In doing so, you're opening yourself up to new thought patterns and ways of being. You're communicating to your body, I trust you, right? Your conditioning will have you think, oh my gosh, you're so irresponsible. I can't believe you just like cancel, you rescheduled your call because why? Because you feel burnt out? Like conditioning might tell you like, just finish the day, you gotta do it, blah, blah, blah. But when you do that, when you reschedule the call, you are, your, you are telling your body, I trust you. I trust you that you need rest. I trust that you want to move. I trust that whatever, right? So you're opening yourself up to new thought patterns and ways of being. And all of a sudden, in that moment of trust and going outside and painting, you might get that download for a new podcast idea. And once you've put that episode out into the world, You might get clients who love your energy and feel compelled to sign up with you or to purchase your bundle or your certification program or whatever it might be. Boom, client signed. Following your highest excitement leads to joy, abundance, and yes, higher service. And whatever I create from that space is going to land with the right people. Why I think a lot of people feel like following their highest excitement is somehow taking them away from productivity in business is because they think like, okay, well, this is just benefiting me. Like, how am I going to get my stuff out there? Well, what you don't realize is that what is good for you is also good for your soulmate clients. What is good for you is also good for your community. Because in that process of following your highest excitement, you showing that on your story, for example, or you receiving that download or having a million dollar idea, right? Like that is the ripple effect. But we have to be able to prioritize our body's needs in order to be of service to others. Because what if you're of service to others when you're not of service to yourself? That doesn't make any sense. You'd be completely out of embodiment, literally. And people don't want to buy from others who are unembodied in what they're selling. So part of the reason I'm able to get this immediate cash injection when people feel drawn to me is that I don't need to be present in a time sense for every client transformation, right? On the logistical side of my business, I've been able to do this through omnipresent offers, um, this is something that I actually teach in Oracle business school. Um, it's my mastermind, uh, and mentorship where I give you the foundations of what needs to shift in your business energetically, but I also give you the practical tools to create an omnipresent business and bring in six figures, um, um, or multiple six figures, right? Um, Personally, I have done this through creating customized hypnotic tracks as well. So by creating customized hypnotic tracks, I have been able to put the transformation in my client's hands, literally, because all they have to do is press play when they listen To the hypnosis and the transformation so instead of instead of needing to have five to ten sessions just using hypnosis not including coaching or other modalities I get to have one call from that breakthrough consult create the custom hypnotic track and they listen to it for an allotted amount of time to receive the transformation which by the way creates so much more room for more productivity and transformation for your clients because since we've already addressed what the big patterns are in the breakthrough consult and um, we're addressing uh, the reprogramming of those stories with the hypnosis when i do we meet with my clients on our calls you know there's so much more room for um productivity for me- uh, actually moving the needle towards whatever transformation or goal they desire Right. We don't have to be so preoccupied and there's actually more room for gift set, other modalities to come through, other things to be seen. Right. So if you're interested in that, I have a certification program called Grunge Vortex Method where I teach you and certify you in that process where we combine energetics and the body and hypnosis to create long lasting transformation that requires less and less and less of your time. If you want to learn about the logistical side of how to scale a business and create omnipresent offers and such, then I would recommend Oracle Business School. So by learning how I work best and tuning into energy management, breaking the proving pattern and truly connecting to my work as a heart centered leader, I was able to create more revenue in my business than ever before while still coming from a place of ease if you're still stuck in the old paradigm of hustling, grinding, and pushing, I urge you to think about what your business could look like if you committed to these shifts. If you have any questions about which offer would be great for you and where you are in your business, feel free to DM me on Instagram, nataliegranja underscore, or uh, go to my website, nataliegranja.com to learn more. Thank you so much for listening. If you love the show, give us five stars. Say hi by screenshotting and tagging me at Natalie NatalieGranja underscore. You can buy or apply to work with me at NatalieGranja.com. See you in the most abundant timeline. Peace.